The post-workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great. It feels 80s pump-up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow. Get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends November 15th. Subject to taxes, fees, and commitments. See club for details. I feel like this is the first time <laughs> I've talked to you uh, in an official capacity since before we went to Phoenix. So we just talked unofficially all Friday evening? Yeah, that was, I mean, that's, that's not, that wasn't recorded, or most of it wasn't recorded, at least. <laughs> there was a half hour in there that was recorded. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah, yeah. On purpose, though. Accidentally on purpose, which is about my entire friendship with most people. Definitely with me. D- no, yours is on purpose accidentally. Mine is on accidentally purpose. That didn't make any sense. Neither do you. That's true. Hey, Neither you want to know something? You, you want to know something really cool? What? I booked my hair appointment for your wedding. You're getting a you what? What? My hair for the show on June 11th. The appointment to get it done has been booked. Do you want you're getting it like done? I'm not going to show up like a savage. Do you want Noriko to do your hair? Who the hell's that? Pastor Dave's wife. She's Who the hell's partner. that? She's a hairdresser. Oh, do you want well. Do you want to do that? Have your hair done with the girls? I actually have to get it cut. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's not just a styling. It's I have to get it cut. Gotcha. So I got my appointment booked with my, with my dude. Shut up. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Stupid phones. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's really interesting because I haven't really talked to you since wait, last wait, wait. weekend. You're not getting your hair cut on the day of my wedding, are you? Yes. What time? Four o'clock. No. All right, I'll call Brad. Tell him we're down another groomsman. For, okay, hold on. First of all, best man. Second of all, I I'm gonna be at the show. Third of all, another. First of all, even if you were the best man, which you weren't, best man is a subset of groomsmen, meaning the best man is also a groomsman. Yeah, so but, that but, wouldn't but, but be the incorrect. Best, the best of Second men. Second of all. Four o'clock is the time the ceremony starts. So you will not be there if your hair appointment is for four o'clock. And third of all, yes, another. I feel like this is an offline conversation for point number three. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, point point number two, though, just just move the show like two hours later. No, no, that that can't do that. Yeah, you, it's so easy to do. No, it's it's not, though. Because so easy. 
okay, then you get to call the caterer and the photographer and the videographer and the wedding cake people and the hair people and the makeup people and the I don't see what all noise ordinance and the shuttle and move everything and pay the fees to get everything moved. Hold on, hold on. no one said anything about moving anything except for the time. Everything else can stay the same. Yes, but you have to notify all those people. Otherwise, they will be there to make the wedding happen two hours before the wedding actually happens. Well, good for them. It's called being prepared. Nope, nope. That's not how weddings work. (laughs) Come on. Come on. How many times have I gotten married? How many times have I gotten married? Yeah. Six times. How have I never met any of these women? They were all B.C. B.C.? Before Cassandra. I know I just added your real name. Yeah, it's fine. It's been outed before. <laughs> On this show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so cool. So the show's not starting until six. No, no. Do Brad and I have time to get tacos before the show? You do not have time to get tacos on the day of our wedding. I'm liking this less and less. You already didn't like it. That tells you how much I like it less now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, before we jump into this week's episode, did I tell you that I got an advanced copy of Miles' new record? You did tell me. How is it? It is so good. Yeah? It's such a good record. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. It's so good. How much did you have to pay them? They paid me. What? What did yeah. they pay you? A f- an advanced copy of the record. <laughs> That's how much they paid me. I don't. I don't think that counts as payment. Oh, it does for me. Can you pay your rent in that? I can actually. How? It's called savings. It's called fungible assets. If you handed your your landlord a copy of their record would he say cool there's your rent considering my landlord is my father and my landlord would like grandbabies one day he would accept almost anything as rent what yep so like a small indian child i think he would enjoy a small indian child (laughs) you would call it mijo or mija And things would get really confusing over at the J household. Yeah. The J household. Shut up. What about the K household? Don't even get me started on the I household. Oh, the I. Wow. I almost said something really, really wrong. (laughs) Oh, man. This is taking a wrong turn down the right street. Um, (laughs) All righty. So, hey, are you going are you on rollerblading on, on Thursday? I'm not sure if I am or not. If Melody is coming, if Melody wants to go, then I'll come. But if not, then I'm going to take one of my last six days to spend with Melody. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah I'm not going. You're not going? Why? You want to see me on roller skates? Totally. Ain't going to happen. What Ain't if- going to happen. What if, uh, what if, okay, so you know how we have fewer groomsmen than bridesmaids? Do you want one less fewer groomsmen? Uh, what if you have to wear rollerblades because if you have to skate back and take multiple people, 
for the for the walking part of it like it like it's sonic you know okay first of all that backyard is nothing but grass there's no way that i can roller skate <laughs> anywhere in that backyard first of all second of all i don't know where the, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids are going to be standing but there's likely a hill that i have to go up yeah there and, is a hill yeah again I can barely walk up a hill. Can you imagine me rollerblading up a hill? Oh, totally. It would be hilarious. I would fall. Yeah. That's why it would times. be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah, it would be hilarious. But then <laughs> no one's gonna remember that you got married that day. They're just gonna remember that I fell on my butt. That's okay. You know what? That's all right. I'll so take you'd be, one for the team. You'd be so if I so if I just randomly fall down in the middle of your ceremony on June eleventh. You're gonna be perfectly okay with it. Oh yeah, completely. So even if it's in the middle of the I do's and I just I just fall on my face, you're gonna be perfectly fine with it. There may be members of my family who sh- would shoot you. Executive, but... <laughs> executive producer, what? <laughs> <laughs> Cement is cheap and ducks are weak, my friend. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Cement is cheap and ducks are weak, man. Leave the guns and take the cannoli. That was my Godfather impression. Have you? Can you tell I've never seen the Godfather? I thought I thought you were like talking about like your actual Godfather. I was like, that's a terrible impression of your Godfather. We've had my Godfather on the show. Yeah, that's a terrible impression of your Godfather. Man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> do you know who my Godfather is? I have a good. I have a good idea. Who is it? Who do you think? I'm assuming it's your uncle Mark. No, he's my uncle. Your uncle can be your godfather? Well, he's not. Who the hell's your godfather? He plays guitar. He he uh makes soundtracks for video games. Oh, he's your godfather? Yeah. That's so weird. No, it's not. So weird. No. So weird. Do you know what the purpose of having a godfather and godmother is? Yeah, so you can call him God. No, that's not it at all. That's not even close. Let's not talk about this because this is really weird. <laughs> it's in case you die the, and there are no next of kin, there's no relatives that the children can go to or a suitable house, the godparents would get them. So but in our the case, child would be dead. No, in case the parents die. Oh, so you didn't say that at first. Oh, whoops. You yeah. said in case you died. And oh. so I'm assuming you meant the child. Therefore, there'd be some very sad parents laying around. Yeah. <laughs> laying just, around. Just laying around, <laughs> crying, probably. <laughs> no, so if, if the parents die, then, and, you know, and the uncles can't take them, and the aunts can't take them, and the grandparents, and any cousins or anything like that, next of kin, the godparents would take them. So, is that actually like legal? Like, that's legal? Yeah, that's legal. So, if you I have to, uh, yeah, you have to put it in your will, but yes. Oh, so then there's really no point in making a godfather then. No, the godfather is legally like it goes it goes in legal documents. So if someone if my parents were to die and I was under 18, will I be the godfather of your children? No, you will not be the godfather of my children. Because you as of right now are not married. What does that have and, to do with anything? And you don't have children. What does that have to do with so, your okay. children would be my children? Okay, so 
Hold when on. my parents had kids. Now we're having a fight. When now my parents had kids. Listen to me. When my parents had kids, my mom's best friend was her my aunt Katie. And she and her husband got married around the same time my parents got married. They also had two kids at the time of me and my sister's birth. And then they had another, a third kid. They went to a lot of the same, they went to the same church. They met at the same church. They homeschooled their kids. They raised their kids exactly the same way my parents raised us. And so the purpose of a godfather and godmother is to, in case your parents die, the children would go to a family that's similar to their family, to parents who would take care of them the same way that the initial parents would have taken care of them. So in our case, in my and my sister's case, my parents went with a couple that were some of their closest friends. They had other so, close so hold on, hold on, hold on. So why, how, why, how, why, why wouldn't I be the godfather to your child? Because your life is not at all similar to ours, and you also don't have a wife, and you also don't have kids. Okay, first of all, our lives are identical. Also, you keep telling me you're going to die in two years. It would still be nice to be considered. <laughs> we kind of already have them picked out. So, what? Yeah. Don't worry. It's, it's okay. I'm going to sue your children. You can't sue my children. I am going to sue your children. You can't. I'm going to. I don't even want to finish this podcast anymore. What is the purpose of suing my children? To get their, to be their godfather. Ah, yes. Because that's exactly the way to get somebody to love you more. Yeah, sue them. And to grant you responsibility. Yeah, sue them. Yep. Nope. That's how it's going to work. I think we should start this week's episode. No. No. Yeah, I'm I done. So. I this, think so. I'm I quit. We're <laughs> we're done here. There ain't, there ain't no <laughs> podcast after this. Are you kidding me? You're, you're trying to tell you're trying to tell me that the best man at Brad's wedding isn't even in consideration for godfatherhood. I am telling you actually that you are not the best man, but also the actual best man is not in consideration either. So you're telling me you things could change. Moxie have children. and you're telling me that I'm not the best man. I have been telling you that for the last six months. You're telling me the person that you claim is your best friend is not the best man at your wedding. That's not my decision to make, but yes, that's what I'm telling you. And you're also telling me at the same time that I am not the godfather to your children. Yes, that is what that I'm have telling not you. Been, that have not been conceived yet. I am not going to have children for like seven years, so, so I wouldn't get too offended about this. Are you also telling me that we're not naming your children individually Miles and Kennedy? No, we're not naming them that. However, I will name the dog. What was the dog's name? Wow, you don't even remember the I named your dog Tots. Yeah. And you can't even remember the cutest name I've ever come up with. I don't think that was the name. It was Tots. I don't Short think for so. Tater Tot. 
No, I think it was something else. Tate. Oh, maybe it was Tate. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You can't you can't have best man. And unless things drastically change in between the time now and the time that we have children, you probably won't be the godfather. But I will name our first dog Tate. No, I'm naming my dog Tate now. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna find a dog. I'm gonna name it Tate and I'm gonna let it free. Our dogs will be very confused. Wait, you're letting it free? Letting it free. What? Yep. I don't understand what's going on here. I'm offended. The following is a podcast about life. Apparently. I can't not listen to music. Friendship and tacos. Let me tell you this, dropping a taco is a national emergency. This is You're My Best Friend. Now here are your hosts, Moxie Ann and Ruben J. Well, Moxie, this is going to be an interesting one. It is, it is. Somehow we scoured the internet and we found another person kind of like you. What? Homeschooled. Ah, yes. (laughs) Uh, It's not too hard to find us. You know what? It is actually because most people I know are public schooled. Like normal people I know are public schooled. Who's Uh, to say that's normal? Me. Well, you're not normal. And well, I I disagree. Um, I I enjoy all the normal things in life, such as Hamilton. That's definitely not normal. How to su- succeed in business without really trying? The Book of Mormon. Then nah, that's not normal. Reading the Book of Mormon or wait, in- reading or watching? Yes. Neither of those things are normal. Anyway, so we found somebody on the internet who is not only somebody who is homeschooled, but also a, a homeschool advocate. She is a commentator for PragerU. She's an actress. Uh, and who knows what else we're going to discover about her because this is, this is uh, it, we don't know much about her. Yeah. Uh, please welcome to the show, Miss Brett Cooper. Brett, how are you doing? I'm great. How about you guys? Uh, you know, outside of the technical problems, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> That's good. That's His good. ego's a little worse for wear, but you know. <laughs> What's wrong with my you ego? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, so first, I just got to start out real quickly because I've never met a woman named Brett before. Uh, mm-hmm. How, who, like, how does that name come about? Because I'm very <laughs> curious. Because the only Brett that I've ever right. met in my life is Brett Hart, who's a wrestler from Canada, and you're clearly not a wrestler or from Canada. You know what? What the funny thing is, is that um, there is a wrestler named Brett Cooper, which is my name, and he's a cage fighter. And surprisingly, my mother did not name me after him. But I think that's funny that if you Google me, that's like the first thing that comes up. It was. Um, (laughs) Yep, that's it. Um, No, but if you guys have ever read the Hemingway novel, The Sun Also Rises, I'm named after Lady Brett Ashley in that novel. Ah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing I don't do is read, and that's why I have no idea what she's talking about. That's okay. You'll get there someday. <laughs> it's gonna be great. All right. So uh, it's no secret if you if you go onto Brett's uh, Instagram uh, or Twitter, uh, you'll find out very quickly that she's a conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and she's an actress. So obviously, you know, to start out the gate, we're gonna come out swinging hard here. What's it like being a conservative in Hollywood and trying to make it uh, onto a set? You know, being an open conservative. Um, 
I will be very upfront with the fact that I only started speaking out more about my beliefs publicly this past year. Um, so I have yet to encounter something where I've come onto a set and they've already known that I was conservative. Um, but just in general, it is, unless you are making a concerted effort to be very vocal about your beliefs, most conservatives in Hollywood are silenced. Um, and in order to make it, I mean, I have four really close conservative actress friends and all of them will not follow my like political page on Instagram. Don't follow any political pages. Um, will like unregister themselves, register uh, as a Democrat, even though they aren't all of this stuff because they are, they're bigger names than me, but people dig so much to find information about your political beliefs. And they're terrified that they could be discovered and canceled. Um, and on sets, it's very, um, it's, oh my God, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I just completely had a brain fart. Anyway, I'm going to start the sentence over. Um, on sets, it's very one-sided. That's what I was looking for. Um, everybody will be wearing, like, Bernie pins or uh, Hillary Clinton shirts and things with, like, Obama uh, 2012, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the moment that you begin talking about any kind of conservative values or anything that's pro-freedom, pro-liberty, uh, they look at you a little differently. They say, oh, you'll learn one day, and you just you don't get it. Um, or they'll just shut you down immediately. Uh, so it's not a safe space at all for conservatives to use a leftist term at all. <laughs> I was going to say, do we do we even want safe spaces? I don't, I don't think that's something that conservatives even want. Um, I've never met a conservative no. who's like, I just want a safe space. Mm -mm. I think we want community, but I, I wouldn't. Say, I feel like a safe space goes against like freedom of speech, basically, because that's how the left utilizes it. Is that they're like, we just want to be understood and taken care of and be able to talk about our feelings i'm like i don't really care <laughs> yeah for sure well because it's funny because you know michael knows actually just yesterday i think on on the show he said something along the lines of like you know you can get five conservatives in a room and you'll find the one thing you disagree on and debate over it you know that's that's our safe space you know like we want to yeah. you know we want to debate over you know what tax tax rate we should be taxed at not you know not like oh exactly. tell me how you're oppressed today um but yeah. is this a little too strong for you mox no, no okay. I got to say, you know, uh, this is this is one of my favorite stories years, years and years ago, probably 10 years ago. I went on a, a choir tour with the children's choir that I was in and my best friend during that trip, it was uh, Pacific Northwest in Canada area. And so we were all in buses. My best friend during that trip is someone who now like totally different political ideologies like we had a, our main topic of conversation the entire trip was politics and like there was one day we asked uh what our each of our favorite presidents were and one of us said ronald reagan and the other one said uh richard nixon and it was like polar opposites and at, at one point like after a couple of days into it the choir moms actually were like you need to stop talking about this like we're splitting you up you can't talk about politics anymore <laughs> this is toxic this isn't good for you guys and we were having the time of our lives like honestly that was yeah. you know back before safe spaces back before like before it was not cool to talk about politics with people it wasn't cool to disagree with people like I just remember being engaged in political debates from a very young age, and it was really awesome. I miss the days like that where it was cool and it was fun to disagree politically and still be friends. And, like, to this day, great guy. I still love him. Yeah, it's... It, it, there, 
there's very little civil discourse at all anymore. Um, I just graduated from UCLA, and when I began speaking out about my beliefs, uh, my closest um, that I leaned, you know, more right. But when they found out the real kicker was when I said I wasn't going to vote for Bernie over Trump. And I was like, you should have already known that because I don't like socialism. But they were so offended that I didn't want the sweet little old man over the orange. And um, it's basically what they thought. And there was no discussion. They all ganged up on me. I would get called like a racist while they were drunk at parties. They would like stand up on a table. I had a communist manifesto thrown at my head multiple times. Um, yep, literally. Wow. And well, thankfully, that's I, not a very heavy book. So it's literally so light. I was like, what, what is this? It's a fly. It. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so I, it was just really interesting that I was, I was supposed to live with those guys actually. And after like a couple of months of that, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, you don't even want to have a debate about it. I was like, it'd be completely different if you wanted to understand my point of view or if we wanted to sit down and watch the debate and have a discussion about it. But the fact that I've known your political beliefs for the last few years and the moment that I become more confident in talking about mine, you shut me down. I'm like, that's not friendship. Um, and that's really where is gone or politics have gone these days which is disappointing to say the least yeah yeah it's very disappointing and indicative of our society everybody kind of just lives in an echo chamber um i i gotta say coming from and and we have similar background like we were both homeschooled mm-hmm. were you homeschooled like all the way basically uh in public school until third grade and then homeschooled all the way up except i did a stint in public school in ninth grade worst decision in my life but i learned a lot so, <laughs> so okay so, so you got there. you got the best of both worlds then because you 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 know it's, you know what it's like <laughs> to be normal and then also what it's like to be smart so <laughs> you know what i agree with moxie i don't i don't think that there should be a normal what's to say that's normal thank you i'm out i don't like mm-hmm. when you have advocates <laughs> consistent saying from Ruben that I, am, I do not approve of. I am not I am nothing if not inconsistent. <laughs> I had a I had a teacher. I w- so I went to Azusa Pacific University. Um mm-hmm. and I had a teacher there. I was taking his conducting class and uh during the first class session he had us basically introduce ourselves, tell a little bit about where we came from because, you know, for musicians and especially people who are going to work in a conducting experience they want to know like did you come from a band background like did you play in band or did you did you do band stuff in college or in high school and so he had everybody talk about their high school experience and I introduced myself and I said that I uh was homeschooled and I made some quip about homeschooling which I usually make jokes about it and this Mm -hmm. this teacher he was like well what's wrong with homeschooling and I was like nothing and he went on this whole long talk about how like public schooling emerged out of the industrial revolution. And before that children were taught by their parents and it was a way better experience because they had all Mm -hmm. of this one-on-one teaching and, and the parents were knowledgeable. So it ensured that like both the parents and the children were knowledgeable about these subjects and they would learn in communal settings instead of an institutionalized thing by the government. And I was just like mind blown that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we think so often that public schooling is like quote normal and in truth, not not really. It hasn't been normal for that long. 
Exactly. Yeah. And as I mean, the numbers of homeschoolers have just skyrocketed in the last few years, especially this year during COVID when a lot of people realized that Zoom school was not it and they could do it better themselves, basically, in mm-hmm. addition to the people that are really worried about philosophical indoctrination. Um, but in the early 2000s and into like the 2010s, I mean, those numbers went up like 25%, I think. Wow. Um, it's really taking storm, uh, which I'm really happy to see. But I've never had a professor or teacher respond that way. So you're very lucky. Most of mine are like, how are you socialized? Like, did, did your parents, how did they teach you? I'm like, I, <laughs> you could be taught in not a brick and mortar school. I promise you, I'm here at UCLA. It worked. I, I made it. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, again, I'm, I'm a, a product of the public school system. Um, you both have read stuff that I've written out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can tell that like. Do you have her proofreading your things now too no no no. i sent her a message a while back and at the end i said by the way please excuse any grammar or spelling errors i was public schooled <laughs> because like y'all know how to write you know and y'all know how, y'all actually know how where like where commas go and what the difference between you know what, what the difference between like like a like a period and a question mark are uh and like you know if it's to whom or to who you know stuff i don't know I'm just saying there shouldn't be an apostrophe in you all. That that was your first mistake there. I didn't say you all. You said y'all. I said y'all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Um, so I, I'll be, you know, so just FYI, you know, one of the first things I saw from Brett was actually her series that she has on, on I believe, TikTok. Um, but I saw it on mm-hmm. Instagram, which is the debunking homeschooling myths, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love because I'm a huge advocate for uh, school choice. You know, I, I think yeah. that parents should choose whether or not to send their kids to public school or like and take those tax dollars that would go to the public school, give them to the parents to choose whether they want it to be a private school or homeschool or, or you know, some sort of hybrid program. So I love seeing those those videos can you tell me a little bit about how like why that idea popped in your head and how people are mm-hmm. reacting to these videos because i'm sure you're getting uh tons of support but also tons of pushback oh yeah definitely um well i had started receiving questions about homeschooling because i'm pretty vocal about my experience and i had been as news has started to come out about um critical race theory being accepted in schools i mean california just last week uh we pushed through i think they voted on it and it passed it's all happening now a k-12 through ethnic studies model curriculum which is critical race theory um and parents that are pushing back against that type of indoctrination are getting attacked their personal information is being released in facebook groups so that people can go call their jobs and tell them what they actually think all of that stuff so people are battling for their children's education and as i had posted little tidbits about like homeschooling is a great option if you're worried about this homeschooling is whatever i was getting these flooding of dms about okay well i want my kid to be socialized what happens then and i realized there's a great opportunity to um start spreading awareness and breaking through all of these concerns that parents have um, about taking their kids out of the brick and mortar school system and doing home education. So that's kind of where it came from and it really took off and there's been a ton of support and I've loved getting out all these really positive DMS from people who are saying, thank you for, you know, representing homeschoolers and nobody talks about it and they all just think we're really weird. Um, granted we are, but what's weird, what's normal again, rejects normal. 
it's boring. Um, and I think they were quirky and fun. But that being said, the pushback has been crazy, especially on the first one I did, which was definitely the most edgy, edgy on homeschooling, I guess, um, just that you can be socialized as a homeschooler. And I'm still getting comments on that with people being angry. And the comments are like, well, you've never met a homeschooler from our perspective and y'all are so weird. So you don't get it. Or all of my homeschool friends are church freaks who can't talk to people or, um, no homeschoolers are, uh, abused by their parents. Why are you advocating for this? And so there's definitely a lot of misconceptions, which only made me want to continue doing it because the fact that that's how so many people think about homeschooling is just ridiculous because it's a fantastic, fantastic option that I wish more people were comfortable enough to even explore. Well, it's funny because, you know, I used to think the same way because I, you know, I have a bunch of friends who are homeschooled and I think that homeschoolers who are my age and, and maybe slightly younger than me definitely are a little bit more weird than, than homeschoolers that are growing up today because now it's it's more acceptable. There's more programs. A lot of churches are doing these hybrid things where, you know, the church will, will like provide classroom environments for these kids to come in mm -hmm. and do a, a traditional school setting with somebody who's either on staff or whatever, like there's different way, different ways that, that kids are socializing. Now, back in the day, it was a little bit more like you stay with your parents all day or with your, you know, usually with your mom and, and kind of, you know, that was the environment. And it's really changed in the last probably 10 or 15 years where the kids that are, yeah. have come up since then are a lot more normal and they're actually smart and they're actually well educated and, you know, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, they have some social quirks and stuff that they have to probably work through at some point, but, you know, they'll learn eventually. I think it's worse is when, you know, the public school system kids, they all feel like they're entitled and they feel like they can do whatever yeah. they want and walk into any situation and feel like their 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 worldview is the only worldview that matters and they don't actually know how to communicate with people, you know, on a, on a proper basis. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. And I do think that there is a way for homeschoolers to be better socialized than public school kids. And that was one of my mom's big reasons for um, keeping me um, as a homeschooler when I went into my high school years. And I was the one who pushed to go to public school for a year and not because I wanted to be normal by any means, but I was like, I wonder if I'm missing anything. And I was not by any means, um, but I'm glad that I tried it. But especially in your middle and, and like high school years, there are so many opportunities to start working, to be involved in your community. I volunteered like crazy. I played, I think, seven sports. And I was also, you know, doing musical theater and performing and taking voice lessons and learning how to play the violin and going and hanging out with my dad at his office so that I could, you know, interact with the secretaries and the other bankers there. And, um... I also think the most valuable thing in that regard is that you're not just in what my mom kind of quaintly calls the sixth grade soup, which is just the people in your school district who are in your age group, in your grade that you see every single day and you sit next to in class. Instead, I was, you know, in shows with people that were from six years old to 65 in, you know, my Christmas musical that I would do, um, or I would be volunteering at places where everyone around me was 25. So I was forced to adapt and I got really, really, really great at talking to people that were older than me just and figure out social cues that my peers could not do. And I would go be in an adult environment with them at some, you know, family party or something like that. And they couldn't even talk or look an adult in the eye. Um, 
which then people would think is weird. Like, why are you hanging out more with adults? But I was like, in the long run, that's going to be beneficial. The fact that I can walk in anywhere and like spark a conversation with somebody and I could walk into, you know, my high school job and just say, hi, here's my resume. I'd like to work for you. Um, and be able to hold a, a strong and meaningful conversation rather than being weirded out because they weren't just another 15-year-old. So I do think that there's a, a possibility for homeschoolers to be better socialized if the parents are there to push them and support that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. One of the arguments that I have heard most recently, and you know, as my fiance and I were like planning for the future, talking about kids and mm-hmm. talking about potentially homeschooling them, depending on where we live, um, we have heard the most from people like, oh, you're, you're five-year-old, like, you know, they hang out with other five-year-olds, like they're supposed to hang out with other kids. How are they going to learn how to be a kid if they don't hang out with other kids? And it's like, I don't really want my five-year-old hanging out with other five-year-olds. Yeah. They're, they're really just going to pick up all the worst possible things, come home like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like with all these habits that they get from a public school situation and they're going to bring this stuff home and we're just going to be there like, where did you learn this? Like, <laughs> Exactly. And my mom used to say, um, because I was pulled out and my three brothers were homeschooled for a while. Um, but they ended up going to boarding school later on, which ended up being the best option. They're much older than me. So there weren't as many homeschooling opportunities. Um, But another thing that was really beneficial for us is that we all were pulled out of the school system around the time that we started to feel peer pressure and the pressure to conform. And my parents started to notice that we weren't being our whole individual and said we were wanting to know, like, okay, well, Johnny has these shoes and I want those shoes and I want the newest, coolest gadget because these people have it and this person's thinking this way, so that must be right. Um so impressionable at that age and that's why indoctrination in k through 12 is so so worrisome why there should not be a political agenda in k through 12 schools um because kids are just flooded with influences around them and they do not yet have the value system or the self-esteem um or the understanding of themselves to be able to reject them or accept them if they're good um or you know think critically about them they just take them in and digest them and think that that's the way that they need to look at the world or how they need to act. Um, so being able to be super independent and make my own judgments and be a whole individual at that young age was also super important. So we're, we're joined by Brett Cooper here. She's a, a, con, a conservative actress uh, with Prager University. But before we jump into how she got involved with Prager U, I think it's time for signature question numero uno. Moxie, take it away. Yes. So, Brett, one of the mm-hmm. one of the core foundational things or three of the core mm-hmm. foundational things this podcast is founded on is life, friendship and tacos. And uh, we ask each of our guests these three questions uh, during okay. the course of their interview. The first one is the hardest. So don't be scared. Okay. Uh, it, it, this okay. one this one will make or break whether or not we're friends or not. Actually, the last one, I think, will. Actually, all of them oh, kind Lord. of do. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You know, no pressure. Everything's great. None at all. All right, Brett. So what is your favorite taco? I love street tacos. So if I can go to any just random taco truck, nothing that's like fancy or whatever, there's this great one in uh, Pasadena. And I love El Pastor tacos. Just give me like a $1 street taco out of the back of a truck and I'll be happy. That's two two guests in a row that have said El Pastor their favorite tacos from a truck from a truck. I had I had one I had one this afternoon to prep for you guys. 
Oh my gosh. Thanks for the invite. I'm so honored. <laughs> Drastically different <laughs> responses. Homeschooler, public schooler. <laughs> Normal, abnormal. <laughs> Polite. No. <laughs> Polite, hungry. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! Hey, you know, uh, there's this, this great taco place out in like this area. They do pop ups, so I have to invite you out when they do a pop up closer to LA. Yes, I think you would enjoy them. They are fancy tacos, though. It's totally fine. I'll be fancy for a day. <laughs> for a day. <laughs> <laughs> for a day. Here we go. So PragerU <laughs> is one of my my favorite mm. uh, resources online. Uh, they yeah. they tend to have some really great content, some really great educational mm-hmm. content. Uh, anybody yeah. who, who's who's watching or listening to this right now, and who maybe are looking to explain stuff to their kids or you know young you know young teenage kids uh, about things in the world, PragerU is a great resource. Uh, how mm-hmm. did you get involved with with PragerU? Because that's uh, I want a job at PragerU. That's my my goal is to work for Prager. Um, I got involved with them through their student ambassador program, which is called Breaker Force. It's fantastic. It's blown up in the last year. I think they've got who maybe like 13,000 kids in there now. Um, and it's anywhere from middle school to, uh, 35, I believe is the age cutoff. So it's students and young professionals. Um, and it's a community of free thinkers. Uh, people are independent, libertarian, conservative, Paleoconservative. I know there's all kinds of names for wait, wait, wait. conservatives these days. Paleoconservatives. Is that like a diet okay. thing? <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, that's the thing. I said it because I thought maybe you guys knew, but it's a thing that's going around. It's like, I'm a paleoconservative. And I'm like, I'm really not sure, but whatever makes you happy, I guess you can identify as. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's the conservatives version of their gender identity. I don't know. We'll see. It, it, so um, I just Googled it. I just Googled it, FYI. So here's what it says. It says, a person who advocates older traditional forms of conservatism and extremely right-wing conservative. So. Who knows? I mean, but also Google and all those search engines can be weird because any, like, conservative commentator that you'll look up, they're like, alt-right, angry, s- suppressing people. Racist. <laughs> Like it's Candace Owens. I'm like I just want to look at her bio. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um. Okay, so I got involved with their student ambassador program, and they host weekly events with folks like I think Carol Swain is coming this week. We had uh, Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee uh, last month, and then they do different workshops with creatives and different execs at PragerU for people wanting to learn about the business side of working in a conservative industry or who might be interested in graphic design. So then we get like some of our graphic designers to come on board. Um, and so I started going to those events and since I live in LA, they said, why don't you just come on down to the office and meet us. We'll take you out to lunch. And I started doing content for them and became more involved. So now I'm on their slate as an influencer. Um, and I love it. They're just, they're a fantastic organization. And it's nice to know that they are, in LA, it's been a nice comforting, like, Ooh, there's a little, uh, conservative hub here, which is nice. And daily wire actually used to be right next door to them until they moved to Nashville. But it's very cool that there are a few organizations that have been able to stick it out here. And there are conservatives in LA as much as we are hidden. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's, I feel like whenever I do meet a conservative, it's like, Hey, I'm a conservative. I appreciate what you do. <laughs> like keep, keep speaking up the good words. Speak up. <laughs> and, I, and I go, yeah. what did you say? 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's how it is with my conservative actor friends who like they, you know, won't send me things on Instagram in case their Instagram gets hacked. So they oh have to gosh. call me or text me because they're like, I don't want anybody to know, but I'm scared of being canceled. So we need to talk about this. Cause I, how did Trump win? Where did the votes go? And like all of this. So all of these, like, I don't want to be thought of as a conspiracy theorist. And so it's really is like, it's an underground movement. It's slowly becoming more outspoken. And I think that having these types of conversations and, even like that kind of civil discourse as much as you can find it that's just huge and showing that no we're here like even if you try to silence us we're still gonna you know stick it out in this blue state for a bit until it gets too miserable um so i like i like to tell this story about when i was in high school uh you know in high school i wasn't really a conservative um i didn't really know what i was (laughs) you know i was i was political fluid um polyfluid yeah uh and so I, uh, but, but what I was very strong of, it was my, my faith in high school. And we had this one teacher who, uh, open liberal, like, I think he was like the antichrist of teachers. And so he would do this thing every morning where he would have us journal these, like our thoughts on certain topics. And every now and then he'd have us share the thoughts. And what I saw would happen a lot of times is it always took one person to kind of speak up with the counterculture thought of whatever the mainstream mm-hmm. thought is. And all of a sudden, you know, you'd be like, you kind of do this and say, Oh, well, you know, like for example, one of the, one of the topics was um, witchcraft. And if witchcraft should be something that we accept <laughs> on a mainstream, mainstream basis. And it, and it tied into the book we were reading at the time. Um, and so, you know, I kind of like did this, everyone's like, you know, witchcraft, whatever, do whatever you want. I kind of rose my hand. And I you started talking about how I felt like witchcraft was demonic, whatever. And someone else rose their hand and they started talking about, you know, how, what the Bible says about it. And then someone else rose their hand a little bit higher and started talking. And then it became this full on mm-hmm. debate. Luckily it was a pretty, you know, civil debate, but like it just, yeah. the snowball effect happens when, you know, people are, are more outspoken about, it, which is why I encourage all of my friends who are in the business, entertainment business, who are conservative to speak out because well, first of all, conservatives have all the money. So like, if you want to, yeah, if you want to make true. some money, you know, come out as a conservative and people will flock around you and support you and buy your, buy your merch and your music and go out and see your movie and, you know, mm-hmm. subscribe to the websites like what Daily Wire did with Gina Carano, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll cancel their Disney plus and, and put that money towards, you know, towards the Daily Wire. So, uh, I guess the point of that is, you know, I like seeing other conservatives kind of speaking out and allowing, this kind of snowball effect to continue to happen because in California, it, it yeah. feels like California is, is slowly turning red. Uh, and it, it's a slow turn, yeah. but I feel like it's happening. And even if it's not fully red, I think that people are starting to think more critically. Yes. Um, I mean, even as we can see with the Gavin Newsom recall, I mean, so many of those signatures are not from Republicans mm-hmm. and his whole thing when he went on Fox and a couple of other shows and was saying, uh, the only people signing this are alt-right, conservative, QAnon supporters, basically domestic terrorists that are trying to get me out. And then the numbers came back and it was like, no, like 40% of the people that signed it are Democrats. And they're really not happy with you either. Um, and I think the way that he's handled COVID and just basically attacked small businesses um, – has really welcomed people up. So whether or not they're ready to fully admit that maybe they have conservative values, I think they're starting to see that 
there's a benefit at least for having some kind of balance and being able to have a discussion and have a leader that is not just bowing to the woke mob at every single turn, which is what he does. Yeah, I think as soon as it started to hit them in real life, not just as an ideology anymore, but actually, you know, when you shut down a small business, you're killing Mm -hmm. small business jobs and you're killing people's actual jobs and they're not able to bring that money home. I think for a lot of Californians, because, you know, it's very easy for someone who is a wealthy person to put their money where their mouth is. And, yeah. you know, oh, I'm going to sacrifice my salary. I'm going to sacrifice to keep people safe. These these ambiguous people who yeah. who are they like who are we saving lives of? Yeah. But it's a lot more difficult to sacrifice your job when you're living paycheck to paycheck, which many people yeah. in California are. And they are the ones who mainly suffered during this pandemic. Um, yeah. I I've I've been encouraged um, honestly, by how many people of who are involved in this recall movement, like it seems like whoever I talk to, whether you're liberal or conservative or somewhere in between, like you're in favor of the recall. Um, yeah, that's like the one thing that every Californian can agree on is he's doing a terrible job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely is. I mean, and just the hypocritical moral issues, like not even the like large scope his tax laws when he did the small businesses, but the fact that he closed everything down except his winery and said that kids couldn't go back to school, but his children's private school was open. Um, And just time and time again, I mean, the French laundry thing when he had just shut down businesses and then was seen with like 14 people who were all the California health experts all sitting inside at a birthday party. Um, It was funny. Even after that happened, people did not care. They were complaining about other things, but they were so oblivious to it. And we're like, Oh, well, he's part of the government. So he's allowed to, I'm like, you know, you should not think that way. Like you are not like some peasant that can't go around and have freedom while they do. I was like, that, that's not right. Please, um, please, may I go to work? Please. <laughs> like that, uh, the Oliver twist, please, sir. Can I have some more? Yeah. The little, the little bowl. yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with, because I do think he will be, but I don't know if I trust Californians to elect somebody much better. I think we have good options, but I would not be surprised if we just got another woke. Well, the last Democrat. time we called the governor, we ended up with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, uh, and that is true. There's hope. Well, I, know, I, was, I was about to say he was a dumpster fire of a governor. I, I mean, well, but he was. That's true. That is true. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger, so still better. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, he was Republican at the time, even though after the Capitol rights and all of that, he's now become a little more, he's bowing down to the woke a bit as well. Yeah. Um, no, he, he's he been doing that since Trump got elected. When Trump got elected, he was full on anti-Trump, yeah. you know, basically became that's a rhino. Um, but, you that's know, hey, but that's, that's his right, you know, that's his right as, as, a, as a foreign American, um, as a person, I guess. Um, but before we jump in, because I do want to talk to you about some stuff that you've been you've been doing recently with supporting some yeah. small businesses. Um, but before we do that, let's jump into signature question numero dos, por favor. Dos, 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 dos. dos. <laughs> do, do, for, let me let me say it. For, hold on, real quick. Let me let me just say it for you, real quick. Numero dos. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh. <laughs> Oh, so signature question number two. This one is a little bit trickier. So if you need to take a minute mm-hmm. to think about it, that's okay. okay. Uh, this one, signature question number two is, if you had a life quote, a mantra, a song lyric, a Bible verse, something you say every day to keep yourself going, if you had a life mm-hmm. quote, what would it be? 
Um, take yourself seriously, but don't take life seriously. Ooh. Okay. And what does that, what does that mean to you exactly? Cause that, that's an interesting, interesting. Uh... Um, it means that you, that I, I'll just relate it back to myself. Um, I take my work really seriously. I take my education, everything that I do has a purpose and I try to, um, with meaning and intention so that I'm not wasting the precious time that I've been given to be here. Um, and I really don't screw around. And that's always something that I am, you know, really proud of. But life is ridiculous and it's unexpected. And if you're not figuring out ways to enjoy it while you're doing it and being passionate about the things that you're taking so seriously, then why are you even bothering to do this at all and so i think it's finding that balance of being able to laugh at the ridiculous often tragic things that happen um and being able to live for those really beautiful small movement moments taking yourself seriously i think that's that's been my key to like being that. happy and being fulfilled i really like that yeah, that's probably one of the better answers we've had in a while yeah that's <laughs> awesome all right so let's talk about um you're causing trouble with a bunch of other conservatives out in Burbank. Um, <laughs> and and I, I'm here for it. I, I wish I was there for it, but I'm here for it. Um, I love it. <laughs> tell, tell me, I, I can't pronounce the name of the restaurant because I'm, again, uh, was, wasn't homeschooled. Uh, yeah. But you, you were there. The, this restaurant basically has been told to shut down. They put locks on this restaurant doors. They've taken away their yeah. power and their water. Uh, and this guy just keeps coming out and breaking breaking down the doors, essentially. And, yeah. you know, people have donated uh, generators and, and, and water and grills and stuff. So tell me about that, how you got involved and, yeah. and kind of what's going on there. And like, like it, it's, it's really uh, an interesting saga that I think we should make a movie about. I, I think it'd be fan. I think there's definitely something there. It's just crazy. Um, yes. Yeah, so Tinhorn flats, um, bar and restaurant, I actually think it might be called Tinhorn flats saloon. I, everybody in the area just calls it, uh, just straight up Tinhorn Flats. Um, it's right down the street from me. It's on Magnolia Boulevard, and it has been there for a really long time, and it's super noticeable because it has those, like, traditional little, like, saloon barn doors that, like, slide open and this really fun little, like, light-up display. Um, so I've known about it for years, and we've gone there forever. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, when we all were, of course, concerned and not really sure what was going on and were trying to take it seriously, um followed all the restrictions they shut down when they needed to shut down they closed their outdoor dining when they were told to in the first wave of la's lockdowns but in october when lovely um almighty king newsom told us to <laughs> told ever told small businesses specifically restaurants that they needed to close their patio dining again so that they could only do takeout uh the owner said no this is ridiculous there's been no scientific evidence linking any spread to outdoor dining we're going to stay open and it was okay for a bit until um, news sources started to catch on and people were reporting them who saw people walking in and out. And I think LA Eater started to cover it, which I love their food recommendations, but they have been awful this year. They've basically just taken on slandering any LA restaurant that stays open, oh, uh, which is really disappointing. So now they're just basically a, a leftist political commentator about restaurants, which is ridiculous. Um, so they started publishing a lot about Tin Horn and they got some traction and I started going there in October to support them more because I wanted to 
be in an area where I could sit outside and, you know, there's recall nuisance signs everywhere. And there's a sign out front that says, this is a peaceful protest site. So they really got behind it all. And uh, starting around that time, they began posting very political things and became very outspoken about their conservative beliefs. And we're saying, you know what, this is bigger than just serving up burgers and beer. We're going to make a statement. And then in Jan, I think they started getting fined in December. Maybe they slid through for a couple of months. And then in January, they threatened to turn off the electricity if Tinhorn Flats did not shut down because they sent health inspectors in. And even though they've had an A the entire time, they it's not a, a disgusting restaurant. It's really clean and put together. They said, because your patio has been open, we are going to revoke all of your health restrictions. And so then the city said, you need to close. And Tinhorn said, obviously, we're not going to. So then they shut off their electricity. And that's when the community really rallied behind Tinhorn and donated generators, got a grill over there, and people started flooding them on social media with support. Of course, hate as well, but it's been mostly fantastic love and support. Tons of donations. I think they've garnered over $50,000 now on their GoFundMe. Um, and then it just continued to get more intense, and their doors have been boarded up, and they have been padlocked and Lucas Lepagian who is the 20 year old owner his father actually is the owner but he is stuck in Thailand which is the weirdest part of this story is that the man who actually owns it and he has run this with his children he left the beginning of last year to start a new business venture in Thailand and then COVID hit and he was not able to get home and Thailand's borders are still closed so he is doing all of this from Thailand and his 20 year old son is fighting this by himself wow. so um, it's really inspiring. I like, I, I honestly get choked up every time I talk about it because he is an absolute fighter. He's been arrested twice. I actually got a text from him right before we started this, that he was about to get arrested for a third time. If he crossed the street to go to his business, he was going to get arrested. So he was like, Brad, I'm going to do it. And was going to go over there. And, um, I saw it on his Instagram story too. So this probably will be the third time that he's been arrested, but they are refusing to comply and they're sticking it to the man. And Burbank City Council is possibly wanting to negotiate, but there's one specific council member who is a self-proclaimed socialist, ran on the socialist ticket, and he's the one standing in the way of there being any rectifying this issue. Um, but that's the Tinhorn Flat story. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that they have to do something like, like if you, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to go sit inside a restaurant yeah. and, and have a meal, go sit inside a restaurant and have a meal. If you want to, to, to walk around, you know, with no one around you and, and have 15 masks on and, and wear your gloves and your goggles, go for it. Like yeah. no one's going to stop you, but you know what? Most of us are all are adults, you know, like, mm -hmm. like we're not, we all have the right to make our own decisions, you know? And yeah. the fact that, that the city of Burbank is literally shutting this guy down and arresting him for trying to make a living for him and his family and the families of, of his employees. Yeah. And all of his employees are choosing to go to work, you know, like it's Which not like, they're, yeah. yeah, they're not, they're not being forced to, to be there. Like nobody's saying you have to be there. <laughs> Um, well, not only that, all the all the consumers are, are choosing to go there as well. I mean, it's this is a live and let live situation. The government has no place to step in here and stop a law abiding business owner, law abiding workers and law abiding consumers from going about yeah. their business. This is just ridiculous. 
it's yeah, and it really does feel like it's all done out of spite now because now it's kind of like well they're not falling at our feet and shutting down so we're just going to keep arresting him we're going to yeah. keep padlocking his doors every single morning yeah um isn't la county in the orange tier now like aren't they they allowed to be like 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 what the hell like let the guy run his business like stop harassing i would sue i would sue every single councilman oh i would sue the police officers who are arresting him i would have so many lawsuits right listen to me talk like donald trump but this is like straight up (laughs) i would sue them all i would sue them bigly um like 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 like, this is harassment this is harassment it is and, and the, they are suing right now, and the technicality, I believe, is that um, the LA lockdown and saying that you needed to close your patios, it was, it's, never, it's not a law. It was an order, uh, like a government order, which is not a law, and therefore it's not illegal. You can, you can find ways around it. Yeah. Um, and so they really don't have any jurisdiction to say we're going to shut you down because you stayed open. So that's why they send in the health inspectors to strip them of their permits because now they have all of these technicalities and violations against them, but they're just fine pulling things out of thin air. Basically they sent them one last week that said your exit signs need to be powered by real electricity and not a generator. And I was like, you're the one to shut off his electricity. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's just a prime example of government overreach and the fact that, Burbank is spending my tax dollars and their time just messing with a 20-year-old guy who's trying to keep his business open rather than helping fix our city, fix our roads, do whatever they need to do. Um, I'd rather them not do anything with my money. But the fact that they're using that tax money to arrest him, to send people there to buy new padlocks, to padlock his door every morning, um, it's, it's just absurd. And it's great example of why we need less government hey we we need to go or have just dinner. better people we yeah. need to go have like a, a big dinner there like we need to take all of our friends and have like a massive party there and just leave a giant tip i'm super down brett there are a couple of facebook groups i want to add you to by the way <laughs> i'm so I'm, I'm down i'm into it yeah and that's what my family and friends have been doing for the past couple of weeks we go and we buy a couple drinks and we're like here's an extra 40 dollars even though i only bought one drink here you go just continue to i mean it's they're a fantastic family um and i feel really really honored that there are such staunch conservatives in the area that are coming out that are driving like two hours to come and support um tin horn and i it, it really is demonstrating that like when conservatives find out that somebody you know is being taken advantage of by the government is actually being oppressed basically yeah. we're going to use a leftist term right. um they will come out of the woodworks to support um and it's been empowering to see that and comforting too, especially living in such a, a leftist area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, there's a coffee shop that I that I frequent often out here in Orange County, and they're actually owned by Democrats. And they uh, they finally got to the point where they're like, I'm either closing my business or I'm just gonna let people do whatever they want and open my doors. And this place is packed every single day. Every time I go there, it's like a fight for a table and like fight for mm-hmm. you know a spot near an outlet. And it's it's amazing to see people just making decisions for themselves for once. So, uh, but a decision that I'm going to make. you right. Uh, a decision I'm going to make for the group here is uh, it's time for signature question numero trace. Love it. You're getting better at these transitions. That's pretty good. Thanks. I, I, it's, you know, it's not like I've been doing radio for ten years or anything. You know, so. So this question also asks you to make a decision, and uh, it is a it is a set in stone decision. Can you oh, have? Boy. Okay. 
Can you have more than one best friend? Outside of family and significant others. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yay! Oh, Yay! Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Thank right. you. Well, you know, Brett. Now uh, this feel, okay. I feel like I, I feel like there's a debate about to happen. I feel like I'm just choosing Moxie's side a lot today. It happens every it's, time. It's thank the, you. It's the homeschool alliance. It's fine. I, this isn't like a legit. You know, this. <laughs> there's not a secret code. This decision. This 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 decision. That he knows of. True. This Don't de- tell him. This <laughs> this alliance is as legitimate as the 2020 election. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, because of her answer, she's gonna buy us coffee in Phoenix. That's that's my. Uh, <laughs> she, look at that look at that i got free coffee out of it all right um there you go yeah no i mean we usually debate it but at this point i'm i'm just beaten down and i'm just tired of having to prove it's a it's a moo, it's a moo point it, thanks joey <laughs> uh i'm i'm just trying to you know at this point uh you know just just survive you know let everyone be friends uh let us make our own decisions letting you guys make your own decisions even though you guys like are wrong adult. you know um <laughs> It's just really difficult to try to teach the truth to people who just don't want to just don't want to accept the truth. Um, yeah, I know a lot about that, Ruben. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Sounds like some shade there. Uh, Brett, uh, where can people find mm-hmm. you on social media? Because I think I think a lot of our listeners are going to be excited to follow you um, and 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 be interested to know more about you. I think there's a small select group of people who who follow our show who will probably never listen again. Um, but that's okay. Possibly. <laughs> but that's okay. There we go. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, I'm Brett Cooper. So just my name with I'm in front of it. Um, and yes, I post a lot of conservative libertarian content and I bust some homeschool myths and talk about education. It's a good time. Yay. And I reply to all of her stuff being like, this is exactly what I, I agree 100% on this. I know. You're one of my, you're one of my biggest fans. That was so exciting. I always look for your comments. <laughs> uh, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I to reply. yeah. No, I just like to support people and like continue to encourage them because you know what? Uh, I've I, I recently got into TikTok and I started posting stuff. I Literally everything I posted so far except for like one or two things are, are all political. And like instantly people are like, oh, you're racist. You're this, you're that. Like I had one guy be like, oh, you're, you know, you should be happy that Gavin Newsom's a Democrat. You would have been deported by now. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's racist. Second of all, Gavin Newsom doesn't deport people. And third of all, what? <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's, it's good to see every now and then someone will be like, dude, you're so right. Or like they come to your defense and it's actually like really, really refreshing. So I like to be that for, for other people as well. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much. And if you are listening to this and you are in Phoenix and I think TPUSA, I don't know if there's tickets available or something, but um, mm-hmm. go follow her on, on, on Instagram and find out how you might be able to run in, run into her and us at TPUSA in Phoenix uh, exactly. on the 17th through the 18th. Ted Cruz is going to be yeah. there. I'm so excited. You, you mean Terry Cruz? <laughs> <laughs> we had a friend who thought that Ted Cruz was Terry Cruz. We told him Ted Cruz, and he started breakdancing. And he was like, yeah, Ted Cruz. And we were like, who do you think Ted Cruz is? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if good old Ted did that. I mean, seeing his, uh, like, Indiana Jones stunt at the Rio Grande River. I was like, no, what, is, what else can he do? I was like, <laughs> Right. All right. Well, we're going to be back with more of You're My Best Friend in just a second. Stick around. That was our interview with Brett Cooper. I almost said Brett Michaels. <laughs> Brad would be very happy about that. <laughs> so would I. Yeah. Um, 
And this show is no longer called You're My Best Friend. It's now called You're My Ex-Friend. What? I'm breaking up with you. Are you serious? I, 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 this is a long, this, this is a long time coming. I don't understand why you're so upset about this. You've offended me for the last time. Did you really think you were going to be the godfather of my child? I thought we had this conversation already. We've never had this conversation. Why haven't we talked about it? Because you know what? There are lots of things that I believe are going to happen. You're not pregnant? I'm not pregnant! Then why the hell are we having a wedding? That's not why you have weddings! Okay, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Okay, I'll name the dog Tate. And if in the next seven to ten years you are married, have a stable home that a child could live in, and potentially are planning on having children, we can consider you to be a godparent. How's that sound? I don't want it anymore. Well, then why are you upset? I'm not. I'm, however, I am disappointed. Well, you and me both. This entire time, this entire our entire friendship, I assumed that I would be the godfather to your children. You met me when I was 16. Were you not planning on having children at 16? Well, not, I was. Not at, a, not at 16. But... That's a bit of a weird thing to assume when you first meet somebody and they're 16 and they're that you met them at a gig. There are lots of what people I met. What was in your at... head that night? What was in your head? Ah, yes. Young rock band. Oh, shiny pants. Ah, I'm going to be the godfather of her child. What was that? <laughs> it actually started out with shiny pants and then kick-ass rock band. And ah. then godfather to, to, to the children i see okay there are like four other people that i met that night who i believe i will be the godfather to their children you're gonna be in for quite a few shocks then most of those people i don't talk to anymore so i don't really care but <laughs> you you have completely crushed me tonight i'm sorry i don't like, have, I have children why are we fighting about this i have nothing to live for what I'm not you do you you're telling me I'm not the best man. You're telling me I'm not the godfather. You're telling me we're not naming your children Miles and Kennedy. You don't even have a dog yet. Like Are you are you telling me the only potentials for you to have things to live for are based on my life? Yes. That's a little terrifying. You should not do that. Too late. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, this has been a great episode. Uh, Do I have permission to close us out with one last thought? No, not yet. Oh, why not? You've rocked my world and not in a good way. Can I eat my Spanakopita while you're upset at me? What the hell is a Spanakopita? This. What the hell is that? It's a a small flaky, uh, flaky pastry. Filled with cheese and spinach. Croissant? Kind of. Well, if you're going to eat, I'm going to eat my arugula. <laughs> Your arugula? Yeah, my arugula. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> Pardon me, everybody. I, I just I, the last eight years of my life have been a lie. They and really, they really haven't been. You don't know my life. Yes, I do, actually. I the even special... know your middle name. No, you don't. Stop mm -hmm. it. Stop yes, it. Yes, I do. Stop it. Mm -hmm. If you know my middle name, then I'm the best man. No, that's not how that works. Exactly. Also, I don't get to make that decision. Well, then who does? The groom. And who made that decision? The groom? Do I get no like no say in the show at all? You actually don't, no. What the hell, man? <laughs> Seriously, this this has been like the worst night of my life. Post twenty seventeen. I'm so sorry. I, I don't feel like I'm responsible for it though. I'm making you responsible. No, no. I Ruben J. Your responsibility, and I raise the stakes to stake. So you're buying me a steak? No, maybe. I don't know anymore. All right. Well, I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep <laughs> on a Monday morning. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm literally, I'm gonna quit my job. You're not gonna quit. Stop being dramatic. I'm gonna quit my job over. I'm so depressed now. No, you're not. Like. Like, like, what's happened to my life? Nothing, really. Two two weeks ago, I was God. No, you were never God. You were just. Annoyed. You're telling me now that I'm not God. I told you two weeks ago that you weren't God. You're telling me you're t you're telling me I'm not the best man. I'm not the Godfather. We're not naming your children Miles and Kennedy, and I'm not God. Yeah, that's all correct. Oh, this feels like a bad episode of Whose Line Is It Anyways? I don't know what you're... What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. So our one last thought for this week <laughs> comes from Virginia Satir. And uh, it, it, you know, really, really relates to what Ruben is struggling with right now and, and how other people feel about him. But Virginia Satir, an American psychologist in the, in the early 1900s said, we must not allow other people's limited perceptions to define us. So Ruben, even though I don't perceive you to be the best man, the godfather of my children or God that define you, you are a failure. All I heard, all I heard because the internet broke up was, Ruben, you are a failure. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you'll I'm hoping, hear it when you edit this. I'm hoping there are words in between. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, you are a failure. Uh, and it's opposite day. Special shout out to our executive producer, honorary Richard Sanchez. Um, special shout out to whoever the hell's the best man at the stupid wedding. It's Chase. 
Shout out to whoever is the godfather to your children, Miles and Kennedy. Those aren't their names. They are. It is. You know what? What? Can you stop rubbing it in? I'm not rubbing it in. You're the one who keeps bringing it up. Rest in peace, Miles and Kennedy. They were never born. Rest in peace in my mind. <laughs> my name's Ruben J. And I'm Moxie Ann. And we. No. Are, no. No. Are, are out of patience. We. Are out. Of life. Goodbye, children. They literally don't exist. The children don't exist? They have never existed. I have never been pregnant. So there are no children in the world right now? There are birthed, none that have been birthed by me. That we know of. I'm pretty sure. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.